Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. the sound and you know we're up here in Seattle and things are a little bit different here so I'm from home tonight and this is March 14th 2020 and it repeats this coming Thursday in the morning five days from now which will be the 19th and our subject is Neptune 14 year cycle transiting signs currently it is in Pisces and that has been since 2012 we'll focus on that but I did want to bring up a few factors of attention tonight is the last night of the second season in the archetype of Pisces last week was our hundredth show on of Talk Cosmos. And as a celebration, I want anybody and everybody to please email myself at info at talkcosmos.com with your name and your phone number, and we'll put you into uh, 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 a, well, I want to award someone a full consultation, an astrological consultation, hour and a half. And that'll be next week, which is the beginning of our third season, remarkably. Yes, the third one. So please do that. And if you have any doubts, you can look online. It's for tonight and last week on the 7th. It has those details, but just info at talkcosmos.com. And I'll also give runner-ups 15, 20-minute mini readings. So Neptune. Neptune is timeless and the unknown. These 14 year cycles become like little mini uh, subpopulations, you might say, because it's a quite a span of time, but it's not, you haven't fully grown up. And so it, how we react with our Neptunian 
consciousness that really wants to has well i'm saying two things at once and i apologize i'll go back to what neptune's energy it dissolves illusions that limit our own individual perception and so the question is how do these different signs how do they manage this pervading energy of dissolution to expand the consciousness our consciousness in an effort to connect humanity in oneness because ultimately in the piscean Neptunian archetype, which we are living in now, again, since I had the dates exactly in front of me, but it was, I believe, 2012, and it goes through, I'll get those details later, and I'm so sorry, I've got too many little notes here at myself, there's a lot, and that's actually what Neptune is, is it's everything in the cosmos, so that oneness has no differentiation, there are boundaries, it's boundless and it's timeless so it can seem kind of chaotic there's a lot of key words that we'll bring up so with all of this i want to introduce because that's probably the best way to approach this vast subject the speaker tonight with me my guest is tara tara all that's t-a-r-a A-A-L of Los Angeles, who's an astrologer, a tarot reader, and uses archetypes experimentally as she can. Boy, I've got tongue problems tonight. And in fact, Tara is a speaker internationally and nationally at conferences, schools, Kepler College, NORWAC, UAC, those are large conferences annually or four years of astrologers. She's been published in the Mountain Astrologer, Affinity Astrological Magazine, Celestial Vibes, Astro.com, which is an online resource for any of you wonderful people there aspiring to be astrologers, or if you don't, I mean, speaking of those that may not have their own software. It's great. Uh, it's a wonderful resource where you can uh, chart charts and have many things. And She's also the the astrologer for Sage Magazine. I hope I have that right. Oh, Sage Goddess. Sage Goddess. Thank you. It's a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And an author this spring. She is publishing a book with Ashwin Subramanian. Did I say that right, I hope? It's fine. Okay, and it's called Releasing the Moon, an Astrological Journey of Self-Discovery. And that will be on her website when it's published. That's Tara All, or else go to Talk Cosmos. She is in the uh, guest portion for all three years. And subscribe, you'll find out all these events. So Tara, hello, and thank you very much for celebrating the last of the season. And I know we've already scheduled dates for next season. So this is an ending with a new beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, Sue. And hi, everyone. I'm super happy to be here. And I love talking about Neptune. So it's a perfect zone for me on a Saturday evening. (laughs) Yes. You know, this subject that I broached is one that I realized has sort of a subtle distinction that perhaps people, astrologers per se, 
I don't, because I don't think of it often, and I don't know if others do. I mean, of course, there's very advanced and of all capacities. So I'm not trying to uh, minimize anything, but it is, there's so many areas of what to focus on in astrology. But this idea that here we have Neptune in its own sign, as far as modern astrology goes, and we're both evolutionary soul growth astrologers, and we look to the modern rulers to rule Pisces, you know, and traditionally it was Jupiter, which may have some indication, but really Pi Neptune is um, the ruler. And so it's such a pure archetype. But then many of us, like I was born with Neptune in Libra, and my mother with, uh, I think it was Leo, and I know so many people with it in Scorpio. And then, of course, it goes on from there, it just astrologically. Every another 14 years, it would be uh, Sag and then Capricorn and Aquarius. And, of course, right now, since 2012, so those that means people up to 12 years old have their Neptune in Pisces. Thank you. Yes. So how do we relate? How does that differentiate how we perceive people and things and what's the essence? And it came to mind, and I'll, I'll end with this to you, is that Pisces, because it hasn't any borders, it's the unknown, timeless, encompassing energy of the cosmos and all its dynamics, that any sign it's in is so accentuated in its positive and shadow. You know, it, Neptune can uh, have hold back, or what's the right, that's not the right word. Um, not negate, but mm, uh, it'll come to me. But anyway, I mean, it, it, that expansiveness, not just expansive, but the entire limitlessness. And then again, uh, the negative, you know, without without those essences have you thought like what is your neptune in tara uh sagittarius sagittarius oh, in the ninth house yeah oh how glorious and i say that i have my son in the ninth and of course i like to philosophize that's what we're doing tonight right yeah <laughs> i do but i will say that for my own journey with um for me so much that sagittarius um archetype has to do with finding your own truth, you know, and so mm. for me being uh, raised very conservative Christian, it has been a big journey to come to a place of what feels more true and real natural to me, uh, spiritually, as far as beliefs go. So that's definitely, um, and I went through big periods of feeling um, like loss, you know, and Neptune's very associated with loss, right? I mean, what is that? The REM song, right? Losing my religion or something. You know? right. It's like you literally can go through wherever Neptune is. Um, I mean, natal chart or transit, whatever we're looking at or wherever it is, we can feel like we're losing ourselves in the context of whatever it's touching. And I think you, when you were talking about that, um, it does kind of erode things in the sense that the idea that we've sort of portioned things out into little pieces and say, this is this, and this is that, like that doesn't exist in Neptune land, right? So to the extent that we've tried to name and label and categorize and put things in all their little perfect places and say, this means this mm -hmm. and this means that, right? That's, or even memories, right? I've been doing a lot of reading of um, 
Krishnamurti lately. And um, one thing he says is that the whole psyche is memory and nothing else. And memory is linked in time, but Neptune is timelessness. So as humans, um, when we're working with the Neptune part of ourselves, we're trying to find a bridge between those two things. Yes, that's mm. so true. The moon, of course, is our memory. And a moon yes. was originally yes, yeah. our, called the memory rather than the Mercury because the yeah. emotions make up our story and all yeah. of this, as we know. And I've read this too. You know, Maurice Fernandez wrote, and I've been a student of his, mm. still a student, actually, among various people I'm a student of, but you know, he <laughs> does have this program. So I'm, and his book of Neptune speaks exactly what you're saying, that it is that bridge between the ego that identifies and builds and, and protects us and has so much involved, which can be represented as the moon, for instance, yes. you know, how to... Uh, have an, a personality, a, a, a persona, um, something that matters to us. Whereas Neptune, that is in the oneness, relates to everybody, mm -hmm. so, is a broader terms, or the higher active to a Venus, which is spiritual love, yeah. thinking of those terms, is more impersonal. It's, so it, it is that fascinating way of detaching or I don't know detaching but objectifying or somehow expect going into the unknown you know so much yeah I mean there's no delineating I mean so if let's just talk about our minds right you and I can right now say that we're both individually thinking but from a Neptune perspective it's all one mind we there is no separate thinking mm. we just most of us most of the time don't want to be that realize we're that connected <laughs> Well, I have thought in many years past, I had some well brilliant ideas that come flashing through my mind. And yeah. one of them was, gee, I was going to do these music cards. I was mm. involved with music and the cards would have all the standards because they were they're great lines and the music is timeless. It's beautiful. And I thought, oh, it'll be so great. Well, of course, I never did it. Well, amazingly, it took about eight years, but somebody else did it. It, it was on <laughs> the market. The, see, yeah. it's a, it's a, that collective mind. They just yes. tap right in. And it, I believe in that very much. Yeah, me too. And in fact, you know, there was a resource in, in trying to gain a little more information for this uh, conversation we're having. I, you know, Googled and there's a, it says Neptune in Sagittarius was 1970 until 1984. And this little blip was, which is by sandbeck.org, Astro, Astro Neptune, um, says, which relates exactly to what you're working with here. It says, inspiring visionary imagination, mysticism and religion and philosophy. And then it goes on to say illusions and deceptions, which you know neptune has in anything and yes. all, but in this category in world affairs yeah. and i think that's because it's culture right mm -hmm. sagittarius is different culture and then it adds in politicians concerned about drugs of course neptune <laughs> is about, yeah, yeah. i thought well i wasn't sure and i think she was whoever wrote this was looking at the highlights that maybe were obvious to this person and um whatnot yeah. but this religion and philosophy yes yeah, so in other words if if a person, for those persons born during 1970-1984, who are the adults managing a lot of our world today, yeah. in all kinds of capacities, and parents, uh, they look at 
because there's a lot of tension between Pisces and Sag. You know, it's not that it's a negative thing, yeah. but they do, in astrological terms, square each other, you know, in this yeah. um, wanting resolution. So coming up with how do we derive from this spiritual essence new forms of of belief systems which well, yeah and i always think about with the sagittarius piece with the square between pisces and um, sagittarius because sometimes they seem real similar you know it's easy for us to kind of especially with the traditional ruler building being the same you know they have a similar flavor but sagittarius when it comes to truth sagittarius is much more of a personal truth and for Pisces, for it to be true, it has to apply to everything. It has to yes. be universal. And so that's, that's the, you know, a lot of the battling we have over what is right or wrong. Those are Sagittarian conversations. You know? Absolutely. Yes, it is the opinion. And we're, uh, how can I say it? Having a voice is one of the great features of being a human being. We can implement our ideas and learn the language of how to connect. But on the other hand, it's like, where's our arena or how does it connect to people? I mean, to how broad is it? And for the self or for the many, yeah, it's that timeless. Yeah. And, it, and anytime it excludes something can't be Neptune. You yeah. know, I was think I think about this a lot because I, I was teaching. It's funny. I pulled out my notes because when I worked at stargazers uh, a good number of years ago, now I went through classes, teaching classes on all the different planets and some different things. And, when I was in that class teaching about Neptune, we were talking on and on about Neptune and we all had this moment of awareness, including myself, where we were talking, we were struggling with like not being able to include certain parts of ourselves or struggling with things, whatnot. And we all just stopped and we just said, it can't be Neptune or it can't be Pisces if we exclude anything. And everyone just got quiet, you know, because how rare is it that you don't have something you want to exclude, you know, something that you don't want to make part of it. And even when it comes to belonging, you know, I've been, of course, with writing the book with Ashwin on um, releasing the moon, I've been delving into the moon in all different ways. And in its relationship with Neptune, they're both about belonging, right? I mean, the moon is, wants to belong, but it's exclusive belonging. It's yes. to, to, you Tribal. and I are in the same family. We're in the same mm -hmm. group, right? And Neptune is inclusive belonging. Yes, Absolutely. And that's very true. So from that standpoint, what's being these energies, and again, to, to, as many astrologers remind other astrologers, the planets don't force or no. make anything happen. Yeah. But it is a climate, it's an energetic field yeah. that depending on our position, our, our energy, uh, we, re, we tend to be influenced and we have choices, you know, it's these choices of of um and and neptune wants this consciousness of unity yeah. and so each one bridges their own path to it and right now we're living under this sea you know thinking of all the water and neptune it's just like the ocean this constant wave of energies that at the best would lead us to that inner self of spiritual connection with source but yeah and sometimes yeah. so do viruses. Yes, there you go. Still experiencing that right now in a Boy. very literal way. Absolutely. It's just incredible day by day, week by week to realize how we're, it, this is the, uh, not, not, oh boy, my 
language and that's the other thing Pisces isn't so verbal you know when I get out of that zone I'm thinking of pictures it loves music it loves film it's a vibrational in some ways but the fact is there's a paradox that's the word because yes Pisces Neptune right now is working maybe not in the most way that we would choose to (laughs) find some unity but interestingly in that unity we're all isolated that's right so it's not, so our connections are so much more online. I've had several talks and conferences now being day by day. Nope, we're doing it online. You're all going to connect and it has its own energy. But, and I then too, that energy wants to go within. So I suppose yeah. looking at it from that standpoint, we're all asked to reach within ourselves, but not feel isolated, like we're separated. That's the antithesis of, yeah. of Pisces. I was talking earlier today about uh, Michael Mead. I don't know how the name of right here, but he, um, his Living Myth podcast is one of my favorites. And he has an episode out about um, a perspective around these times right now. It's not about the virus, but it's about that energy and kind of what that's asking for in us. And he uh, was specifically talking about uh, how he feels like it's uh, we're going through a collective rite of passage, yeah. you know, and that are basically like the body of humanity, you know, uh, is being affected. And it may be, you know, he was talking about how the teachings so far about how we really are interconnected, how really what each of us does affects the whole of us that on some level, uh, enough of us aren't grasping that. And so we are requiring some uh, different classrooms, if you will, to figure that piece out. And so on that front, there's a lot of possibility in it. I mean, I, I mean, it's a t- terrible, frightening thing, but at the same time, there is a possibility to come together in a different way. So while it's isolating on one hand, mm-hmm. there's also a different level of interconnectivity and acceptance that's available to us if we want it. And this, yes, exactly. And it does bring to mind the idea of unity between body and spirit. Because yeah, there has too. been this real split where, okay, we can be spiritual up in the mountain and 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 mm. as yogis. I mean, that's just one example of, yeah. of a pious belief but no it's that integration it's the embodiment of it so you're absolutely right it's it is a a way and this little micro organism that's the a bigger predator than the largest predator which are human beings so nature raw nature has its course and puts us in our place sometimes yeah and you know it reminds me too of poseidon because mythologically Neptune and Poseidon. Poseidon was the Greek form of the, one of the three brothers, you know, Zeus and Uranus and the outer planets, actually, of, um, of the world, the, the, the heavens. And I'm saying this for the audience, the heavens of Uranus and Zeus of the gods and then uh, Poseidon, thank you, of, of the oceans. But Poseidon was of, of earthquakes and storms he had the, the, nature has all its dynamics it's not a you know in order to make change we know that the temperatures change and therefore the rains and the snow and the winds and the tornadoes and the intermixing of water and air and we have there's a lot of drum drama in nature so uh, there are there is 
creating and destroying. That's the yeah. framework. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't exist without each other. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a one full thing. And I suppose too, that goes back to this uh, duality that we live in because we can see light because we see dark mm-hmm. you know, on a spiritual basis. They say, look at the dark to see the light. Well, you can only see the light if there's darkness. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. And, um, and so many, and painting, I, you know, my, my grandfather was a painter and I've always, perhaps to connect with this person that I never really knew, he died when I was two, that uh, my mother's father, that I would look at what he drew and then I love to draw and paint as you do, you draw and yeah, you yeah. do too. And, mm-hmm. and in other words, contrast makes shape. You have to have that light and dark in order to see something have form. Yeah. So, so many ways that it's part of life in every frame. Yeah. But, and then, and so that this idea with Neptune is ex- at the same time as we're existing with this form, there's also a formless aspect to ourself. And that's the part that Neptune, you know, that's the part that ultimately unites us. And that's the part that is, um, sometimes unsettling for people to experience, right? Sometimes people will have mystical, you know, quote unquote, mystical experiences. And if they're not welcoming to them, they feel overpowering, right? Or they feel unexplainable and frightening. Anything with Neptune can, because it can feel like forces greater than you are taking you over. What we just fail to recognize is that we're actually part of the greater forces as well. It's just that we most of the time choose to identify with the separate self. So you know, I mean, it's the human dance, the, 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 the back and forth, really. And, and, and trying, I, because if we got to the place that we were fully integrated, we would, I, I suppose, you know, we would just not be here. Light beams. <laughs> yes. Oh, Tara, I love how you express that. We will take a brief break now for some announcements. And this is Top Cosmos on March 14th. And I'm with Tara, all of Los Angeles. And we're talking about Neptune and it's 14th. 14-year cycles of many signs, of which we'll talk more of. We'll be right back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, Pisces concludes the 12 signs that energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, we experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, Psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle, initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. This is Susie Kerr-Wright, astrologer and psychic medium, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaning of our roots in the stars. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Again, Sudros Minahan and Tara All of Los Angeles. And remember, she is publishing a book about the moon. 
and uh, let's see, that's not the right name, Releasing the Moon. And it will be on her website. So go to Talk Cosmos and please remember to subscribe. I love, we're at the moment, we're offering a free consultation uh, and a grand prize, I want to say. So go to info at Talk Cosmos and put your name and phone number and we'll pull it next week, which begins our third season here with 1150 KKNW. And, you know, podcast one, you can hear all these podcasts afterwards. But right now it's live. So if you go to 1150 KKNW, that little button, pop, there you go. So we are talking about Neptune. And we've, Tara just finished saying a, a superb manner of that it's a formless part. And that if that energy if we respond to it, which life is, that if if we don't have an, an identity with, if we have an identity only with form, it can be disempowering or overpowering is the word, not disempowering, overempowering. So really it is, it is energy that to consider in these different signs, I know that with Libra, such as myself, that generation, there's really an emphasis on just as Libra would be the archetype of relationships, you know, that either one has, uh, it can be over idealized, all the things that Neptune brings to, to the front, you know, that we think it's going to be the answer of things. There's a lot of reality check sometimes by uh, giving away our power to another, to the external. So once again, it's a matter of knowing and having self-worth in ourselves to have a fulfilling relationship. Of course, Libra people learn through the other. It is that external self, but really everything regulates back to the center. And if also I'll add, it's because it's in Libra, it's uh, for beauty, it's poetry and, mm -hmm. and with with Neptune, you know, artistic, musical. There were a lot of, it was from 1942 until 1956. I think of all the great songs that were written during that time. It was pretty incredible. I think about, as you're saying that, because I think about with Neptune, I think about this where it is by a sign as we're going through signs now. It's also, the sign tells us where and how we experience oneness or most naturally experience oneness. So when you were just talking about the music or the art and through relationships, that would be the doorway to oneness for Libra. Oh boy, it yeah. is. Yeah. It's incredible. And I have other signatures for music, but it's so strong. I mm -hmm. love remembering that I need to listen to music and I've played music and I, enjoy that greatly too it's true and i'm thinking about the relationship between libra and neptune because by sign it's quincunx meaning it that for non-astrologers it, it's not visible if we look at the chart the way libra is across the other side and anyway we could define how it is but it's hidden it's not quite so it's and, an adjustment. It, mm -hmm. 
I was just gonna, I was just gonna say the exact same thing as you did. Yeah, it requires an adjustment for those two to work together. It does, and I and I think really in a creative way that is through music. All mm-hmm. those uh, associations with the oneness of the world. How do you express that? It is through poetry. It is that mystical way of not being linear. It's not a linear energy Neptune. Now, if for Scorpio, Scorpio, and we can go back to Libra or Sag, which we are, but with, which is interesting too, because Sag and Libra are sextile. And so they connect, you know, it's like they are neither one, but they, they have little steps that they can walk along together and say, yes, I I see the view. That's nice. Thank you. I, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) go ahead. But for Scorpio, that's an intense, and it's a water sign too, just like Pisces. And that was from 56 until 1970. So Scorpio, I was talking to a friend who's Scorpion. She's not Scorpion. Actually, she was born into a Scorpion family. <laughs> Amazingly, like a whole family, either suns or the moon, or it was pretty which happens, you know, when we're living through a certain energy, I think. But here it does say, um, well, at any rate, let's see. Well, I think, I mean, I had a couple of thoughts on Scorpio. I mean, back to this, if we just sort of stick with how does each sign experience oneness or how are they coming to that oneness that with Scorpio is very much about with intimacy, you know, it's about merging with something greater than yourself. So this is where we can get everything from, um, sex to the occult, you know, to different sources of power, because really that sense of oneness comes through uh, letting go of oneself and being vulnerable to merge up with something else, you know, so union is a good word we can use there. Um, and yeah. what she, exactly, and, but what she was saying too is because Scorpio is so focused and deep that unlike Pisces that would be inclusive of everything it chooses what is going to have um, life's she didn't say it this way but i'm thinking because scorpio has empowerment for that that gives life to them you know is they they want to avoid what's outworn you know that's phases that are finished and so it needs to have um, does something is it sustainable as a resource that they can exchange with, like you say, that's deep. Yeah. That's and, the, and they need to feel alive. That's why one time Scorpio pushes the edge, you know, pushes the boundaries because they need to feel alive. Yes. To the point where they can flirt with daring uh, yeah. uh, things, which I think re- recognizing the shadow of all energies has value because Neptune wants also to escape this overflow of energy at times because like I say there's only so much our mortal coil can identify with you know or or understand so from that standpoint oh and neglect is the word I was thinking the absence Mm. of something so the absence of intimacy would take a lot of trust you know if a person's been hurt yeah there that's a very um, appropriate reminder because scorpio is so deep and it it gives all you know to 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. I mean, it's to the death and beyond. Yes. <laughs> but the one thing too, if we we just think, because um, you were just saying, if someone has been through something difficult, um, where Neptune sits, it also shows us, um, you know, where we need to have faith. You know, where we need to have faith in something, and so that can be oftentimes facing the disillusionment or the things that have happened before, so we can reestablish a new. Um, like a new trust and faith in it, uh, which is terribly frightening if you've been vulnerable in a relationship and hurt. Yeah. But they have this, yes, and a link could be the psychology because Scorpio is very psychologically oriented as to why it wants truth. You know, there's many ways of how truth gets uh, emphasized in, in the archetypes and like Sagittarius that wants higher truth and neptune of timeless truth and scorpio too wants the truth at the moment you know give it or so um what i'm getting at is that by their through uh, being perhaps given their intimacy if it's been rejected or abandoned or or misused or abused which have may happen in life to people on a so at any rate, um, what I'm getting at is, is that that experience of working through the psychological depth of of looking at their own, how they may have given their intimacy and, and the motives and their own self-empowerment, because it's so much about power or no power mm-hmm. if, 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 if it's not working. But the point is, is that they have a great gift to be able to psychologically help others mm-hmm. just, you know, to help bridge out of that and right, still have because, relation. Hmm? Well, because as they're learning to truly empower themselves uh, and, and learning what, where true power really comes from, um, then they're able to help others do the same, you know, and that, re- and that requires another good Scorpio word is confronting. You have to confront yourself you have to confront confront those deepest shadow places i mean that's that's and so we talk about neptune i think you let off this whole uh episode with talking about neptune being the planet of reality you know the reality that we get to once we clear off all the fog of what wasn't real Uh, and when you add that with an archetype like scorpio that already demands the bottom line and the deep level of truth you kind of have a double down on we have to get to what's real even if it's really uncomfortable getting there Tara, you really are a marvel. <laughs> that was just perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, confronting and true power, where true power comes from, that is really the essence. You know, it's the candle stays lit. Yes, the light and the dark. There's uh, yeah, the candle, yeah. I mean, in that place where real power is in our in within ourselves, I mean the candle never goes out. It can't. You know, it's not a possibility. So Yes, that's right. The sustaining. Yeah energy of it yeah part of this thought was too looking at parents i was thinking how because there's in astrology there's so many talks about well i don't know if i want to go there it gets a little bit far away well if we get to we can go into that relationship business but that's okay, Neptune and Libra. <laughs> you can just stop there with all too many relationships. Yes, <laughs> talking to myself. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe 
we should touch on the signs that people that, that are most like what people that are alive. Yes. We've, we've already done a few of them, but I feel like there's That's a couple That's what I was thinking to, too. For the younger yeah. people. So yeah, like people. Neptune and Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, thank you very much. That, and when I looked at that, I thought, nope, there's a few we haven't touched on. And <laughs> yeah, we didn't. One, yeah, Neptune. Capricorn is 1984 until 1998. And it that was during the, the dot zone time, right? Or when, mm. what was it called when the all the the internet dot... Oh, dot uh, coms. The, what, say again? Do you mean the dot coms? Yes, the dot coms yeah. were big. And here, just this little blurb says, giving fantasies about wealth and fame. You know, right. I mean, uh, Capricorn has high ambition, yeah. practical ideal, idealism. It's practical. Capricorn is an earth sign at once, but Neptune is ideal. Manipulation by fi powerful financial forces. Mystical traditions, because it is tradition and it is Neptune. That would be an interesting one to think. I think Wayne Dyer yeah. was huge during then and so many people. And what about authority? Like, 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 so like the, the illusions of authority, because think about those, those younger generations that they don't look at authority the same way as us older people, <laughs> you know, there's a whole different view. And I think with that Neptune is a bit of a, bit of a haze around what, it, what authority actually means, which to me is a very Capricorn concept. Well, I like this because really I have Neptune in the 12th. No, not Neptune. I have Saturn in the 12th, mm. depending on which house system, but um, several like Pofrey and Coke. And to me, I really look at nature's laws. <laughs> and I recognize progressively as I've grown in life, <laughs> lived in life, that man-made laws have purpose. And that's the whole reason. They need to be really protective and 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 assist but um questioning really the value of of laws is really i think it gets to the boundaries and ethics because yeah, capricorn yeah, is all yeah. about ethics and karma <laughs> you know so yeah like, why do we have these laws i mean it gets back into well i was thinking of the of a story that doesn't really relate you know how <laughs> well the story was that you have a turkey and you put it in a pan and everybody cut off the sides and they said why do they do that well it turned out four grandmothers before didn't have a, a pan that was big enough for the right. big turkey yeah yeah so yeah like is it but i don't know if that's that's more cooking the, that's a polarity point cancer not not yeah i don't know but the capricorn idea of like that's how we've always done it you know and that that sometimes can get linked in there as well i was thinking about that with people with that um the neptune capricorn generation yeah. but think about the the um the potential for creative and imaginative leadership right because there's that visionary aspect of neptune with um the capricorn and it brings a different flavor so you know it's almost like can move away from the old ideas of authority or you know who's the person in charge or what that means and kind of look at it in a whole new way maybe even add a more level of inclusivity or oneness to it right instead of looking at there being one leader neptune would have i would yes. i would think would look at leadership and more from a viewpoint of hey we're all in charge and then more how do we sort of parse out all those pieces well, it is the cardinal square going back to astrology. And for those people, the directions are uh, 
Aries across from Libra, I mean, of the spring of Aries with the equinoxes and Libra to the solstices, which is Capricorn and also Cancer. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that really it does ask people to have that that reality of personal uh, authority, meaning yeah. we have, and that's really when you think of all these religions, what they're trying to teach people is the morality of do unto others as they do unto yourself. And I'm thinking of taking ownership for all our responsibility yeah. for ourselves, for our actions or what, what yeah. we see mirrored in front of us without projecting like the Libra energy might want to do. That's across mm. from me. And we're talking from astrologically from Aries as the as this, you know, ascendant beginning and looking across that blueprint, but taking ownership, I see it because that's part of me that I need to recognize and, and shift. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, the shadow side could be over identifying yourself with the authority or the person who's in charge, oh, that's true uh, but everything has a shadow side. But I, I, I just feel like in, in, in general, this feels like a sort of a seeing that sort of societal structure for what it really is and the hierarchy for what it real, really is um, and being open to looking at that in different ways. And we need that. Absolutely. In fact, I was just thinking what that age group is right now because they're really uh, very much coming into real command. I mean, when you think of opportunities, I don't know when I say that just how friendly the world has been for housing and jobs and everything else and opportunity but what years did you say it was it something was to 1984 to 1998 so the oldest one is 36 that's not very old yeah I mean, when I say not very old, I mean, there's still 20s and 30s we're looking at, right? Yeah, so, there, there's mm -hmm. a, they're hoping and building and yeah. looking for opportunity and have maybe families and children. Uh, you know, there's it's a so really that leadership of these people, especially now that we're going through a shift of our social lifestyle. Yeah that we have no way of calculating what will evolve from this it could be real benefits like and i'm only strictly thinking at the moment of some webinars that have been online that we can access but you know and that's yeah. a minor, you know minor. what's inter what's interesting though if we just kind of rerun again this you know how they might experience oneness or find a mm. sense of oneness I mean, a lot of that can be through their, because this Capricorn can be through how they public, who they are publicly in the world. And I don't like to use the word career, although it fits here because not everyone has a quote unquote career, but this does have to do, Capricorn always does with your public self, you know, yes. who you are out there in the world. So that sense of oneness in some respects comes that in some ways, how you contribute to society. So for that generation, um, it, it, I mean, it matters to all of us, of course, but I mean, I think it especially matters because that's one way how they sort of plug into that greater unity. And, and probably it's structure. How, yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking because for those uh, people still following how astrology, our language, the 10th house of Capricorn is where the development of the individual is in the greater world and within the structures of the world 
So it's how we operate in that world in whatever category we might consider. And, and like Stephen Forrest would say, it's, it's our great works. Capricorn is, and great works can be all different kinds of things. You know, it doesn't have to be what we might commonly think of as a, you know, it's not like a great work doesn't have to be writing a play. You know, it could be raising a child in the best way you know how, but there's, but this piece about somehow contributing our great works to the world. And that comes, you know, over with time and patience and endurance and there's so many so many ways i have a sister who paints uh the graffiti i mean she doesn't do graffiti but she paints over it it's you know she keeps care of her environment and her area and and helps with potholes and the yeah you know calls the the hotline to say hey you know this this is an area and so there's so many ways that people can really contribute to society but but because it's neptune we always have to remember that there's always the risk that it will always be a possibility and a potential and then it won't manifest because neptune is a big creative imaginative thinker um and it can have a hard time sometimes making things happen so we can know that this desire or this um this innate sort of wiring will be in individuals that have this Neptune and Capricorn, but whether or not it can actualize is a whole, you know, different conversation. Well, I, I think there is some reality in that. And again, it's a shift of how we see things because mm-hmm. remembering it's Neptune, it's a spiritual a connection to the oneness mm-hmm. of a source. And I know that when we're doing the Capricornian uh, archetype, just this December, January, and of course we have the eclipse on Christmas uh, day, and then there was January 12th, the uh, close planetary connection between Pluto and Saturn, which will go on for the next 37 years or something as an energy cycle. So there's all this Capricornian energy plus the South node at it. So there's this matter of integrating and releasing what isn't working and working with what is in other words through all that was a reminder often that it is also spiritual mm-hmm. you know it's not just this measurable form that we see but all things that manifest come from within our feelings and who we are and our connection with higher source or all of that and that's why it's ethics and why it's so karma so important so out of this there could be a whole new sense of teachers and yeah and, and, and elders eventually yes, like, and it takes time <laughs> come to think of it go ahead yes no no i was just saying as you're saying teachers i'm like teachers and wise ones and sages i mean whatever words we like to use for these but you know, and, and in capricorn when i think about it it's a pretty hard road to hope because you know capricorns are so capable and and see the um, the steps involved to get to goals and they work at it you know they're really a lot of effort to build and so it's been often said that they're old when they're young and they're young when they're older yes you know? yeah. so it could be that this mastery and, and Laura Nalbandian, who's of Seattle, that both of us have been students of, and you really pr- proficiently went through. <laughs> and just today, I listened to this wonderful lecture that she did with Washington State Astrological Association. Um, 
And it was online because of the situation here in Seattle for the very first time since 1986, because that's our uh, astrological community here that is open to everybody. So I'll give that a plug. Now, what was I saying? My goodness. I was well, she, well, she said something in the talk you listened to. Yes, I did. <laughs> I listened to a lot. Of what she was saying. No, but you, that's what you started by saying. She said something. It was going to be good. We're waiting for it. <laughs> oh, boy. But what did we say before that? I was talking about um, Capricorn. Capricorn. Yep. And, and you said you said that Capricorn tends to get younger as they get older and older when they're younger. Yes. 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 Well, maybe I'll come back to you, but I yes, have one I'm thing that I, one thing I also want to sneak in because as I've been Good. sitting with Neptune, and especially as I've been working on the book, and um, as we were working on the chapter around Neptune, mm-hmm. one thing I feel like what whatever sign Neptune's in, whatever house it's in, what kind of whatever you're working with Neptune, that on some level uh, the ego has to sacrifice itself, and the and and the area where that needs to happen is defined by that sign or by that house or by whatever aspect you're looking at and because because neptune is selfless what i mean by ego sacrifice is i mean there's something about the idea of separate self or separation something about what you've clung to in the past something has to be surrendered which is a you know it's wonderful word for neptune it is and it's with this idea that the consciousness that embracing beyond our immediate world that personal world that we've created necessary but there's the unknown beyond it has a a, a connection and a spiritual unity that can purpose you know of of within that's so absolutely true next I just noticed the clock and I do have to just we have a few minutes here but next week We'll begin Top Cosmos third season, March 21st, right after the equinox, and it will be the Moonbeam team, <laughs> and we will award that grand prize of a consultation. So please just email info at talkcosmos.com with your name and your phone number. If you have your birthday, great. The winners, I'll certainly get that information. I'll be really glad to give a grand prize consultation and runner-ups and tara all from los angeles is speaking with me tonight certainly go to talk cosmos you can see our past archives tara's talked with us numerous times and she will be producing a book called releasing the moon and it'll be on her site and you can find that at talk cosmos and sign and subscribe so we're talking tonight which is march 14th and repeated on the 19th thursday at 6 a.m about Neptune in its signs, its 14 years signs. And Tara just spoke of this absolute significance that the consciousness of, regardless, it, it, the house it's in in the manner and the sign in the method, if, I, if that's a good way of putting it, of, of, of areas that respond to our language of who we are, wants us to let go of our smaller world to embrace the larger world of unity. Did I say that okay? That was perfect. It was beautiful. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, we have about part of a minute here, Tara, and already you've, there's so much, but I'm glad we talked about Capricorn because really 
it will be very exciting to see the, the the younger adults live and share in this world and we need people uh, of their wonderful capacity i think i hear the music we're getting we're said told to say goodbye to everybody and we love you and Tara? thank you sue thank you everyone <laughs> it's been it's been awesome just like it is every time and i look forward to the next time good that'll be in july everybody okay see ya Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.